Gangsta Music Part 2. Dipset. We do not discriminate at Echo Chamber. Size isn't an issue, baby. But people, we're back again. Woo! It's Thursday, so you know how we do. We are looking at the UK cinema box office for the week end of the 11th to 13th of December. The last chart. <laughs> now cinemas are goddamn shut. But let's get rocking, okay? So at number ten, we have got, um, you know, Jackie Morris and her brother's new interpretation of the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol, baby. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It's that hybrid of dancers and narrators. It's interesting, right? It's interesting. Um, you know, a family thing, a little bit of a different spin. We talk about it, I think, in episode 16, maybe, of the, ep- of the podcast. 16A, most likely. Uh, around about then, you'll find it, people. All right, so at number nine is uh, you know Scott Moser and Yarrow Chenny's The Grinch. Okay, so starring Benedict Cumberbunch, Rashida Jones, Angela Lansbury, Keenan Thompson. They all added their little voices to the piece. At number eight. We've got two by two overboard. So this is from Toby Genkel and Sean McCormack. And it's got um Max Carlone, Ava Connolly, Dermot Magnus, and Tara Flynn, you know, throwing their voices into the mix. At number seven, people, we've got that. Christmas time go-to The Polar Express So this is obviously from Robert Zumakis We got Tom Hanks in the piece Leslie Harter Zumakis Little nepotism there I'm imagining You know what I mean? Nona M. Gay Eddie Dezine You know, I've never seen it people Never seen it <laughs> and number six, we've got Mark Williams' Honest Beef. So this is starring Liam Neeson. So you know what kind of film it is. You've got ten seconds to comply. I'm an angry man. It's got Kate Walsh, Jay Courtney, and Jeffrey Donovan. So... Ooh, ooh, at number five, people, it's another Christmas classic. It's Richard Curtis's Love Actually. Oh, this has a great cast, right? Liam Neeson again, but this time 
he's playing a more lovable character. A bit of a first for old Nason. Emma Thompson. We got uh, Sienna Gilroy. Colin Firth. You know, Gregory Fisher, Bill Nye, Martin Freeman, it is Chatel Etowa, Andrew Lynn Collin, Kira Knightley. It's our cast, people. It's a one Christmas thing that I actually like. I know, right? At number four, we've got um super intelligence Ah, this looks like it's a new entry people i do not know this one so it's from ben falcone and it's starring melissa mccarthy james corden bobby cannaval brian tarry henry so yeah it has got a good cast man all right might try and look into that one but we're getting close people at number three it's one of those you know music event businesses we've got little mixes lm5 the tour film all right so if you're a little mix fan you know you might want to go checky check check at number two it might be that biggest Christmas film is Christopher Columbus kicking serious Santa booty. It's Home Alone, kid. You know what I mean? John Hughes wrote the piece, which, hey, John Hughes is a legend, you feel me? And it's starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurd. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is a good film. I like this film. And we've got, you know, the great John Candy making an appearance. So, people, that means at number one, we have got that other staple of the holidays, John Favreau's Elf. <laughs> so, Will Farrell. This was the first role where I actually liked Will Farrell. Alright, so we got James Khan, Rob Newer, Edward Anz, Edward Anser. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go if you like Ed Anser, go go check out your mum's house because they'll, they'll introduce you to some fun Ed Asner videos. <laughs> and it's also got Zoe Jessamel, alright? So people, that is our top 10 for the week. So um yeah, I think we got some ads, some information for you. But um yeah, free films people this week. So um let's get it popping, alright? Sit back and let's go. Tell them, Cam. Horror fans, the year may be coming to a close, but there is still plenty to look forward to. Shudder is closing out its record-breaking year with holiday specials from two of their most popular series, 
exclusive new supernatural chillers, massive new collections focused on holiday horrors, and Galio, and so much more people. Okay, so the December highlights, well, a, um, a Shudder special will be Joe Bob Saves Christmas. Um, it's the Christmas spirit takes over the last drive-in as Joe Bob and Darcy close out the year with a double feature of holiday horrors. Premieres live on the Shudder TV feed Friday, December the 11th and will be made available on demand on Sunday, December the 13th. You've also got a Creeps Show holiday special. In the holiday-themed hour-long special, Shapeshifters Anonymous, featuring fearing he is a murderer, an anxious man searches for answers for his unique condition. From an unusual support group It's starring Anna Camp And Adam Pally The special is written and directed By Creep Show showrunner Greg Nicotero Based on a short story by J.A. Conrath Okay, so that hits Shudder on the 18th of December Okay, so they're also having some you know, original um, exclusive movies. So there is Anything for Jackson on the 3rd of December. After losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, kidnap his pregnant patient with the intentions of performing a reverse exorcism, putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited onto their home. Now it's a race against time for the couple as well as the pregnant woman to figure out a way out of the haunting they've set upon themselves. Oi. Oh my god. <laughs> Consider this wintry anti-nativity tale Shudder's Christmas counter-programming from a writer and director who together have made a bevy of traditional holiday movies. That's Keith Cooper and Justin G. Dyke. Um, believe me, this ain't baby in a manger or Christmas with a prince. It's starring Sheila McCarthy, Julian Rickings, Constina Mantelewis, Josh Crudas, and Yannick Bison. Whew. And it does sound a little scary. Okay, so on the 17th of December, you also will be getting the Pale Door. So the Dalton gang find shelter in a seemingly uninhabited ghost town after a train robbery goes south. Seeking help for their wounded leader, they are surprised to stumble upon a welcoming brothel in the town square. 
But the beautiful women who greet them are actually a coven of witches with very sinister plans for the unsuspecting outlaws. And a battle between good and evil is just beginning. It's starring Devon Druid, Zachary Kington, Bill Sage, Pat Healy, Natasha Bassett, Stan Shaw, Melora Walters, and it's directed by Aaron B. Kuntz, um, who directed um, some of Scare Package, which, um, you know, we spoke about earlier in the year. Okay, so you're also getting new series. All right, so season two of Ellie Roof's History of Horror. That will be hitting the platform on the 10th of December. Um, there will be new collections as well. Uh, so you've got the Holy Galley Christmas. Okay, so slip on your black gloves and deck the halls with bloody murder. Italian style. As Shudder debuts its biggest ever collection of Galio cinema, both classic and modern, with films by Dario Argenta, Lucia Fulci, Laberetto Bava, Michel Savi, Sergio Martino, and many, many more. Okay, so it will be featuring A Blade in the Dark, Death Laid an Egg, Black Belly of the Tarantula, The Case of the Bloody Iris, the Corruption of Chris Miller, The Editor, The Fifth Chord, New York Ripper, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, The Red Queen Kills, Seven Times, Short Night of Glass Dolls, Stage Fright, Torso, Trauma, Your Vice is a Locked Room, and What Have You Done to Salange? Woo! Man! And, um, yeah, it will be coming on the second. Okay, so, uh, yeah, not bad, a eh, people? Not bad at all. But there's also other new films. All right, so you've got Blood Beat, which, um, I mean, well, that comes on the 30th of November, but we'll still count it. All right, so that's a young woman travels to rural Wisconsin to meet her boyfriend's family, and a samurai spirit, warrior spirit, possesses her body to go on a bloody killing spree. <sighs> Starring Helen Benton, Terry Brown, Dana Day. Um, you've also got the body. Okay, so a darkly funny and twisted journey taking place entirely. On one forgettable Christmas Eve, body revolves around a trio of college co-eds whose dalliance with breaking and entering goes horribly awry. Following a freak accident, the girls find themselves entangled in a Hitchcockian nightmare steeped in tension, suspicion, double-crossing and murder. Where no one is to be trusted and a new twist lies around every corner. From the team behind this year's Villains, it's starring Helen Rogers, Alexander Toshkran, Lauren Molina, Larry Fresden, um, 
and it's directed by Dan Burke and Robert Olson. Okay, so you've got Rape Rare Experts, uh, directed by Jalmari Halenda. In this darkly comic gem, it's Christmas Eve in northern Finland, and an archaeological dig has just unearthed Santa Claus. But this Santa isn't one you want coming to town when local children begin disappearing. Pieteri and his father captured a mythological being and attempt to sell Santa to the corporation sponsoring the dig. Hmm. So, yeah, plenty to look forward to. And there's plenty more people, you know. Classic films like The Lost Boys, Brand Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> if you haven't got Shudder, you might want to go pick it up now. Okay, people. So, now we have all of that out of the way. Let's get into this week's films. Okay, so I was looking at films to um, check out and, you know, I figured I would give this crocodile film a go. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes don't go with um, your first instinct, people. (laughs) So, yeah, I checked out Blackwater Abyss. So the film is from Andrew Troyuki. Hmm, I think that's how you say it. It's written by John Ridley and Sarah Smith. Uh, the music is Michael Lira, and the cinema- cinematography is Damien Beebe. So um, the cast. Well, you've got Jessica McNamee as Jennifer. You have um, Luke Mitchell as Eric, her uh, boyfriend. I think the boyfriend, not husband, wife. Um, There's another couple, Amelia Golden, who plays Yolanda, and Benjamin Hootagees, who plays Victor, I believe they're married, and then we've got Anthony J. Sharp, who plays Cash, a friend of Eric's, okay, so, yeah, they're our main group of people, right, and the gist of the film is this, five friends exploring a remote cave system in northern Australia, find themselves threatened by a hungry crocodile. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's that's essentially it. <laughs> right, so, yeah, these five friends, they've decided to go check this out. And so I believe there's this guy called Cash, and you know, Eric's friend, and he's a, I think he's a guide if I remember correctly, and um, he said to them, oh, I I think I found these underground caves that have potential, 
Now they never really. This is the thing. They kept on saying it. Oh yeah, I think these caves have got potential, mate. Oh, I think. Oh, if it pans out, I think we could make a lot of money. But they never say how. Right, that, that, that's the thing. I'm like, what are you trying to take people on tours? Like, what's the play here? Like, they never say, which is odd. It's very odd, right? So they go to these caves. Now, the impression we get, right? So some of the people, they're not very experienced at this type of thing. But you, like, you're led to kind of believe that Cash and Eric, they are, right? Their experience. Maybe Yolanda is as well, but definitely Cash and Eric. Um, but we, we just have all of these just, I don't know, just odd kind of things that they do. You know what I mean? Which... Man, it's like, yes, they want to make this into a, you know, a thriller. Like a scary film with all of these things happening that you're like, oh, are they going to be safe? Oh, is this going to do this? Oh, we don't know. You know but I think you you can do that without kind of making everyone dumb and that's the the big mistake that seems to happen here everyone is kind of dumb you know like they're um i mean actually you know then they all must have some sort of experience because even at the very beginning right we've got um jessica going oh Right, so we got the lamps, we got the headlamps, we got so they understand what equipment they need for this, right? So, yeah, they understand the perils and all of that, but you know they've got headlamps. Yes, they none of them are wearing suitable clothing for one. <laughs> none of them are wearing suitable clothing, like any sort of um, waterproofs or. You know, just merino wool, just anything that would keep them warm. You know, maybe stop them from getting cut, just anything like that. So we have nothing like that. You're going into caves and there is no, they didn't bring anything to help them map it, right? Make sure that they go, okay, so that's our entrance, Right, this is the way we turned, blah, blah, boom. So, nothing, no chalk, no GPS markers, nothing whatsoever. Which, yeah, it is weird. Like, super weird. But, I think, <laughs> even before they get to the caves, you know, like, there's things that are just ridiculous. I think, firstly, right, the um the way the film starts so we got jennifer in the t in the bathroom toilets and she's looking at a phone yeah you know, so we're like oh, okay straight away you are you understand <laughs> you know you, whenever you see that in, in a film you understand what's going on because we hear eric go oh do you know where my phone is 
And so you're just like, okay. So she thinks Eric is cheating on her. That's what, that's the underplay that we're getting here. You know, so there is that. Then we've got another story plot that, um, you know, Victor has just survived some disease. You know, he's in remission. And so now it's about doing adventurous things. You know, we, because he, he's like, oh, I don't know if we should do this. And, you know, his girlfriend, wife, Leander, she's like, oh, I thought you were going to be more adventurous. I thought that's what you were going to do, like. And, um, yeah, so, you know, like, we know they're going to go in. <laughs> I mean, that's like, we know they're going to go in. But, yeah, so there's this kind of subplot of an affair and, you know, infidelity and all of this, which is just, it's just a weird one. It's it's a bit wet. <laughs> like, I think one of the big problems with the film, like, when you're, when you're making something, you need to be invested in the people, right? So... It's not a crocodile film, but just look at stuff like Alien and Aliens. We, well, we get to know the characters, so we're very much invested. So whenever it's just like, I'm going to go and check down here, you'll be like, oh, oh be safe. Be safe, Ripley. Ah, oh, don't do it. Oh, no. Ah, the aliens there. Watch out. Run, run. And you're backing them. And here we don't. There is nothing on these characters that we really know, we really know or care about. There's been no, just no time to build them up, right? No time to build them up at all. All it is is just, all right, they're going to go on this thing down these caves, right? So there's that. But, oh, naturally, I forget. The first thing of the film we actually see are two... Mm, uh, tourists, two tourists, I mean, the Chinese, Korean, I believe, and, you know, they're, they're looking around, and they've got themselves lost in this forest, you know, the, the craziness happens, and they're missing, right, and so we've got Cash going, oh yeah, so I found these caves, because we were out looking for these missing people, you're like, did you find them? Nah, not yet. So, straight away, that's just like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're exploring this thing where people have gone missing, which kind of it should be alarm bells, right? Should be alarm bells. Also, there's um, word of a tropical storm coming. But they still ignore it. Still ignore it. Which is just insane, right? There's, you know, they're going into caves, and you know, you know what Australia is like, people. There is all manner of monsters. You know, they've got the, the bloody spiders. They've got friggin' snakes, crocodiles. You know, just scorpions. Just so many things that can kill you. But, I think, Chaz, Cash even has got a gun, right? 
you know, limited bullet supply and all of that. And Eric has an, a small knife. It's, it's not even a, like a large bladed knife. It's a small knife. So they're um, the things they put with them to uh, defend against any any oddity that they may come up against, which you just think, well, you know, that's not the best, right? <laughs> You're not really, you know, helping yourselves here. And so they've gone into these caves and it's all a little bit, oh, what's happening? But they're walking along and there's, <laughs> there's all these indications of water damage, you know, water erosion, high up the walls, which none of them are paying attention to. Yeah, none of them are paying attention to. Then there's noise of, you know, water leaking in, and you've got Cash, who is the, you know, actual guide guide, and he's just like, oh, it's nothing, it's probably just seepage. Oh, it's just some underground little stream or something. It's just a little trickle. And they're just like, okay. And they continue. Which, this is the thing. They know there's a storm coming. <laughs> like, they know there is a storm coming. But the sound of water is just like, oh, it must be that. Oh, we'll leave it. Just like. What is wrong with you all? You're a bunch of morons. But, yeah. So, that's really the build-up to it. And, I think, look. <laughs> when you've, you've got a, a, you know, a story like this, you know people are dying. Right? And when it's a case of, oh, who's probably dying? You look at do we know the least about <laughs> you know what I mean it's the people that we don't really know much about the people we don't really care about the people that haven't had much to say or much screen time we know they're getting it first and yeah this film it just it follows the old routines you know it, it's not <laughs> I'm gonna say treading any new water because it really isn't. It is ah, uh, just a little dumb, just a little dumb. Like, listen, I don't fully know crocodiles, but I do believe that you know, just walking in water, they're still gonna sense you. <laughs> you know, is the whole oh they they, they if we splash then they'll come at us. You're like no no no, they can sense you. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. These animals, they're crafty motherfuckers. They can sense you. And so there is uh, I'm I'm not really gonna say anything, but there is this one scene where this girl stands stock still in the middle of this water. And the crocodile swims past her. And it's just like, no. Like, no. The crocodile will know you are there. 
<laughs> like I think they've got bad eyesight, right? But their other senses are pretty good. So yeah, it, it's just this weird, weird storytelling, you know, mechanisms that they're throwing in from time to time to try and get you interested. It's generic with an end that is terrible. Like the end is so bad because there is no need. There is no need for what happens. It is just insane. It is just insane. <sighs> I don't know, people. Listen, if you like, you know, crocodile crazy ass films, then, I, you know, I think you will probably enjoy this. Right? If you like the first film, because this is the thing, this is a. It's a weird kind of tonal sequel to um, a, a film that came out in 2007. So that one is called Just Blackwater. You know, this one they added the abyss to it. But the first, it's called Just Blackwater. It's from the same director. And even though I thought Blackwater itself was rubbish... Right, it's just an implausible storyline. Supposedly, it, it was based on a truish story, but you know, when they say that, it's like what parts? <laughs> you know, what I mean? like a crocodile, a woman, and it's in a straight. That that could be it. You, you know what I mean? They they don't really stay that true to things most of the time, but. Yeah, even though that film was bad, it was better than this one, I feel. Yeah, better than this one. But if you like stuff like, um, I don't know, Rogue, Lake Placid, well, any of those <laughs> films, because there's a few of them, right? Um, what is it? Like, there's a load of different kind of crocodile films. Um, Blood Surf... Right, I know there was one, mm, I can't remember if it was earlier in the year or if it was last year, called Crawl, that I hear was meant to be good, but I never saw it. Now, one that I did see, you know, we've, we've, we talked about it on the podcast a few months ago, I think it was in August, it was called The Pool, um, it's on Shudder, and that was very good, right? And the crazy thing was, that film, it was a Japanese film, right? So I couldn't even read the subtitles, but the film itself, you could just follow it from, you know, just everything that was going down. And I'd say, that was a good film. But yeah, if you like, you know, these crazier ones, you know, stuff like To Descent, right? And I would say this is more akin to this Descent 2. Because the Descent was good. Descent 2 was meh. Made no sense. Like, why the fuck would you go back? <laughs> you escaped. Why would you go back? There is no need for that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, 
if you like stuff like that, you know, Lake Placid, I think it's like, what, there's a film 47 Meters Down, just any of these bad crocodile shark films, if that's your thing, people, if you like those, those type of things, then, yeah, I would say that the, um, Dark Blackwater, the Abyss, is probably for you. You know, if you're a fan of Lake Placid, you know, Deep Blue Sea, all of those things, then, yeah, you will enjoy this. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's not really much else you can say, you know. The acting isn't exactly great. You know, it's terrible dialogue, bad acting. Meh, you know. If you want something you don't have to think about, then this would work. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's on Netflix, people, so go have fun. Sometimes you see names, right, of um, people you haven't seen in something for a long-ass time. And it makes you curious. Sometimes curiosity is good, other times not so much. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, I, I checked out the second, which is the new Brian Skibber film. Um mainly because you know it was starring Ryan Felipe and Casper Van Dien. And I was like, what the hell have those two been up to? Like have the, has the acting improved? Yeah, that's what I thought. So, um, it wasn't a long film. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Probably not my best idea. <laughs> Definitely not my best idea. So, um, yeah, Skibber directed the film. It's written by Eric Broomberg and Paul Teagle. Uh, it's produced by Jeffrey James Clark, Ryan Felipe, Kirk Shaw, James Shavick, Skibber, Josh Tazia, and Daniel Grodnick. Um, cinematography is Adam Biddle. Music is Richard Patrick. And it is starring Ryan Felipe as Major Vic Davis. You've got... Jack Griffo is Sean Davis, his son. Uh, you've got Samara Armstrong as Olivia Peters. He's, I don't even know, right? Probably girlfriend, right? Then you've got um, William Cat as Bob Jeffers, who's running for president. Richard. Bergy is director Phillips from the CIA. Um, you've got Randy Charak as Justice Walton. Lexi Simonson as Erin Walton, his daughter. You know, they're they're our our main group, I would say. And um, yeah, the premise is while picking up his son. At his college dorm, Delta Team leader Vic Davis meets his son's crush, Erin Walton, 
the daughter of Supreme Court Justice. However, Vic notices an unusual number of people on the premises, watching Erin closely. When Erin reveals that her driver is not her usual escort, Vic plunges into action to rescue Erin from a kidnapping plot that puts both his and his son's lives in jeopardy. So, um, yeah, that is essentially uh, the plot. Hmm. Now, I think the second, right, the name of the film is about the Second Amendment. That's it. Like, the whole plot is around um, this people trying to challenge the right to bear arms. But that, to be honest, is only very loosely mentioned. It, it's not like it's something that is, um, yeah, there and talked about a lot. It, it's very, it's an odd one, right? It is definitely an odd one. Now, you've got the film, right? It's, it starts in this odd way, right? You, you've got all of this stuff happening. You've got, um, you know, Jeff is being interviewed. And then you've got, um, you know, Felipe and his partner driving, uh, you know, joking around. And like, oh, who's going to get him? Who's going to get him? So they've heard about this plot, right, to kill Jeffers. So they go to get him, drag him out. They're riding. And I have to say, like, just this incident, it, it kind of really lets you know what you're in store for. Because it's all a bit of a mess, right? You, you've got Jeffers. And I'm assuming... I'm I'm assuming that you know the, these politicians, and especially when they're running for president and things like that, they're you know they're given a briefing on potential dangers and stuff like that. But it's you've got him acting like oh I don't know what's going on. It's all weird, right? It's all a bit weird. Then, it, it, you know, just this whole incident, it kind of goes how you would suspect. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's got to be tragedy, right? It's got to be tragedy. But for someone who's meant to be, you know, as I said, look, he's, um, you know, he's Delta team leader. So he's done shit. He's killed people. It, this isn't his first rodeo, but yeah, the way he acts in that situation is all a little bit, what? Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? What the fuck are you doing? It, 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 yeah, it's just all a bit weird. So we then jump from this incident, right, to him with, yeah, he's girlfriend, new wife, who knows, who knows, but it's just this weird scene, really, you know, like, he, he's going to pick up Sean, 
depth from university. But it, it's just the scene itself, like you have him smash his phone for whatever reason, who knows? You know what I mean? There's just all these little things in it that are just like, why is this here? Like, it just doesn't add anything to the film, right? It's just this weird scene. Like, we don't know how much time has passed since that first incident. Like, it, it's not like it's setting our time period. And when he like he leaves and goes, hey, remember, lock all the doors and blah, blah, blah. And so he's just like, okay, all right. So something's going to happen. You know what I mean? You just be like, ugh, this is so, so transparent. What are we doing here, people? What are we doing here? You know what I mean? But yeah, so we, we got this, right? And yeah, you, you we then have this other incident where we've got the you know, this squad who are who are, you know, as it says, trying to kidnap Aaron. So we we've had this bit with them, which again you don't know why it's really there because it's not doing anything for the film right it's pointless we then jump to the university and Aaron and Sean are taking part in a fencing match which again you know exactly what's happening here you know what's happening with the scene where it's going right and it's just it's all a little predictable. It is all a little predictable. Right? So once all of that is done, there's just this terrible, like, horrible interactions between the characters. They're just bad. Like, there is no real chemistry between anyone in the film. None no chemistry, the dialogue is bad, it is all very, very bad, but, yeah, so we have these people come, come to get, you know, Aaron, and, like, none of it, right, none of it in any of these interactions make any sort of sense, you know, you, you have this police squad, well, security squad, but they're all armed, so you'd think they'd have a modicum of training, but no, they're all terrible, it's all terrible, and you just think, wait, alarm-wise, what, what, you know, what's happening here, you know, what is happening here? But, yeah, we, we then have, you know, Sean meeting up with Aaron. Another just awkward, awkward, terrible interaction. But now we're kind of getting more into the film. And so we, you know, we have the people go in to try and extricate her, which is when, you know, dad turns up, 
<laughs> so that again no chemistry no chemistry between him and sean right it, it's just all a little bit weird but again it's just all very just i don't know right so it's all about oh she notices that you know it's a new driver but you just think surely right surely there are protocols and no one is meeting any of these sort of protocols it's just a bit like what is going on what is going on so we just have this oh, man like look it's an action film right it's an action film and just you know we're, we're, the story that we're given it's all over the place right it's all over the place because you know we see all of this stuff happening and the information we're given it's just like oh so Vic has supposedly trained his son right so yeah we're, we're meant to believe that his son can handle himself in this interactions can shoot can you know do all of this which it's hard to believe right it is hard to believe so um yeah we're, we're seeing all of this stuff go down but it's the typical shit right it, it's the typical shit that happens you know it'd be like hey stay here keep safe and then they don't right it, it, it's just this this nonsensical business and i mean usually with some of these type of films right you've got i don't know corny dialogue that is just funny right there's there's things that are there for you you know it, it's this corny dialogue or it's great chemistry between you know the cast we do not have any of that here unfortunately right there's, there's I mean, the dialogue is bad. <laughs> you know, like the interactions are bad. Like people don't talk like this. People don't act like this at all. It is all very, very odd. Then, you know, in these situations that are just bait, crazy bait. You, you have this person that's supposedly trained, right? Knows how to handle self, just walking into shit. Then, doesn't know how to, um, you know, really do a lot to defend himself. You know, we, we, we have him, like, being attacked in this bad situation, but not do anything. Right? Not do anything. It's just like, oh yeah, so they're trying to kill you, but you're not going to, you know, put them down. Like, what do we, like, what's happening here? What's going on? You know, it, it's just goofy and stupid. Right? Goofy and stupid. It, it's, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it really is uh, like the ending it like not the ending ending but just 
leading up to that bit, it, it, it's just a mess. It's a huge, 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 huge mess, right? Because you have people getting away, which makes no sense. You know, oh, I will point out one thing that, like, there's someone else in the school, right? For a school that is meant to be empty, when this other person turns up, no one questions it. Which, yeah, it was curious. Like, it was so fucking curious. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and that person looks like shit. Right, so you kind of would be like, wait, what the fuck is going on with you? You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's baffling. It is a very baffling. But yeah, the end. It there's so many loose ends, right? The way they all these people supposedly leave it, there's all these loose ends that you're just like, wait. How the fuck would you leave a situation like that? That makes no sense. What are you... What are you doing? Right? So that's just... Baffling. It's baffling. Right? There's double crosses and things like that, which, again, when you've got all of these people, these high players, you'd be like... Well, surely you'd figure that shit out, or surely you'd have a contingency. So, yeah, all of that, you're just like, what? Right, the fact that everyone's been beat up, but Sean's the only one in the hospital. Again, it's, what is happening? <laughs> And then the just the final R scene, the final R scene is ludicrous. It's ludicrous, and you're thinking, okay, the the only reason you would put that shit there is if you know, I mean, you're you're looking to um do a sequel, like that would be the only reason to have that right because otherwise it, it it doesn't add to the scene it doesn't make it like oh this is super exciting you know it doesn't doesn't do that right so the only reason that shit is there is because you're hoping for a sequel and good god <laughs> good god I, I do not want that, <laughs> like, oh, that would be the worst, that would be the friggin' worst to throw that in there, ugh, it just wouldn't make any sense, you know, wouldn't make any sense, but, yeah, I don't know, people, there you go, right, this weird, 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 weird film, <laughs> it is um yeah it's a little curious 
it's a little curious. I mean, I, I kind of imagine that, I don't know, people that w like watch this, they're, I mean, I would, I would say that you're, you would probably be down with stuff like hard kill, you know, I, I, I feel that, yeah, that would be a, a film that is your kind of thing, you know, um, like the debt collector and its sequel, right, avengement, the hard way, point blank, these are the kind of films that I think this speaks to. So if you enjoyed, like really enjoyed any of those films, right? Peppermint, Ava, Triple Frontier. If those films make you happy, then the second is for you. You will like the second. But if you hated all of those titles I just mentioned, I wouldn't watch a second, you know, because it is along those lines, okay? So, um, yeah, I think that's the, that's the best way to kind of describe this one, people, you know, it's on Netflix, so if you want to give it a gander, it is, you know, a, an hour and a half, essentially, so not overly crazy, you know what I mean, but an hour and a half <laughs> do you want that time or not it's up to you okay so uh yeah check it out if you fancy all right okay so i've just checked out a night of horror nightmare radio this is um well <laughs> oh my gosh this is, uh, yeah, creepy as fuck. It's, you know, it, it, it's an anthology, right? And it consists of eight short films, all with, um, you know, different talent directing them, right? So uh, we've got a film called Drops, directed by Sergio Mosilio, um, Postmortem Mary. And this is Joshua Long, Into the Dark Woods. And this is by Jason Bognacki. Um, a Little Off the Top. This is from Adam O'Brien. Uh, we've got The Disappearance of Willie Bingham. And this is from Matt Richards. The Smiling Man from A.J. Brunonis. Into the Mud from Pablo Espasta and A Vicious from Oliver Park. Right, so they're all very, very different and all very, very creepy. Right, so um, the gist is this on a stormy night, Rod leads a radio show dedicated to horror. Listeners call the radio, telling their own paranormal stories. Suddenly, the announcer begins to receive strange calls from a child who desperately asks for help. 
At first, Rod thinks that it is a bad joke until he discovers that this is not the case. Not only that, but these calls hide a dark secret in which the announcer himself will be involved. Yeah, it is all, all, all very creepy, people. So, what was very interesting, though, right, It it's... I think it's the way it's been put together. It is fascinating, right? Um, you've got well, it it opens up, right? It we it opens up at first with a different story, you know. It it's about a woman, you know, a dark woman, and you know she's living in this forest, and, and it's. It's very odd, it's very creepy, and there's all kind of different angles to it, you know, like, we see her fall in love, it's just, yeah, it is creepy, and especially towards the end of the story as well, right, yeah, it gets inventive, right, so, from that story, then we kind of meet our presenter, Rod Wilson, and, um, you know, it's that typical radio setup, right? And he's telling us, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell stories, right?" So, how we get to each of the stories it is, you know, it is well put together because you know he's giving people insights, right? So he gives a little story, and he'll be like, "Um, oh, so um, you know." This reminds me of a story about bum bum, and then we lead into the story, right? So it's you know I I really liked the way it was put together, and then all the stories they're very different, right? So after this dark woman one, we we go into post mortem Mary, which God. Damn is creepy as fuck, right? It's about this man. Well, it's set in Australia, and it's about this uh, woman and her daughter, and they, you know, photograph the dead, right? right to give people that you know, last memory of them, and um, for some reason, I'm not quite sure. Like, the woman, I think because the woman's ill, she kind of forces her daughter to take the photo. The daughter really does not want to. And, yeah, it's what then comes from this. And it is creepy. It is definitely friggin' creepy. With an ending that kind of makes you think, ooh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, did that just happen? Or, hmm, but you do kind of think to yourself, why is that girl staying in that room? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, god damn. Um, and we do have um, other things as well, right? So, we, we have... Um, a uh, caller's call in, 
So, it, you know, after a while, yeah, these callers call in and they give their renditions of stories. You know, so that's interesting because it's like, oh, so how is this, how's this piece going to be, right? And, uh, you know, it, like this woman, she's recounting this, um, this incident of what this woman does to uh, dry her hair, which, yeah, not the best, <laughs> you know, I mean, definitely not the best thing to do, right, and he's a bit like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that, and he's like, oh, it's an urban legend, which then leads us into the next show, which is this it's a hairdresser, right, and we've got this piece, and it's about a guy, and he's a hairdresser, but it's, this one is, because it's all about the camera angles, right, so we're just kind of focused on him, and, you know, we then get a surprise as we see more of the room, which is great, I think it's something that you're not definitely, well, I wasn't expecting it, <laughs> I was not expecting it at all, you know what I mean, it definitely makes you feel a little, Ugh. but I mean, the title of the film, a little off the top, is, yeah, I feel it's definitely fitting, you know what I mean, definitely fitting, um, so yeah, we, we you know, we go from that into other stories, you know, other stories that are just as creepy, just as, just as intense, right, because, I don't know, there is this intensity, I mean, maybe I'm just not that into Horace, but, you know, he's like, man, I'm sitting on the edge of my friggin' seat, and you're just watching this whole thing pan out and it's getting it's just super uncomfortable <laughs> you know what I mean ain't gonna lie it is super uncomfortable um so yeah you know there's all this other stuff that's going like uh we get a, another call from a British guy who's insulting the radio host which um yeah I don't know it's kind of mean, but it does lead us into the next piece, like the disappearance of Willie Bingham, which, um, god damn, this isn't good, it, it, well, it's a, I guess it's do with this one, because it's how do you, you know, it's that whole death row thing, right, so there's this guy, and yeah, he's, he's committed rape, Right, so he's now on death row, but because, you know, he's been given a choice of, will you die, or we can do this other thing, right, so it's, um, gosh, un undoing, I think they call it undoing, something like that, and it's basically the family of the victim, they get to, um, 
dictate how long this thing goes on for. And, you know, he, I think he's thinking that, oh, he might just, it might just be a little bit. But, no, the family, oh, yeah, they're down for it to go on and on and on. And it's just like, oh, man. You know, but it's, it's kind of like, well, what did you think? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a bit like, I would not have expected them to stop. You have just done this horrible, horrible thing. So obviously, you know, they're going to make you pay. <laughs> and they do. And we get to see it. Oh, it is pretty grim. It really is pretty. <laughs> it's just super grim, right? But this is the thing. It, it happens over a period of time as well. It's not all, like, done at once. Because I guess if it was all done at once, you, yeah, you wouldn't be able to survive, right? So it's this lingering lingering situation which oh man yeah creepy very very creepy but whew, yeah like you know some of the stories feel that there's these other meanings behind them right because yeah we get um man this next piece, um, gosh, I forget which one it is called, I think it's, um, it's about Marta, this Spanish girl, and you do kind of look at it and think, oh, is this, um, like, domestic abuse, right, because it kind of, has some parallels to that, right, so you're watching it, and all of this stuff happened to this girl, and it's, you know, I mean, it's definitely freaky, right, it's definitely freaky and disturbing, but there's no rhyme or reason to it, but then when you, if you think about it, the things that are happening are kind of similar to, yeah, being abused, right, and especially the way it all ends, which is a little, like, it's not so much unsettling of the thing that happens, but it's then what happens, you're just like, wait, what, <laughs> oh my gosh, I mean, I think that one's called um, maybe, but yeah, it's just like all of these stories are very different, but very, very unsettling. You know, like there's this one about a little kid um, going into a kitchen. Like the kid's following these balloons, right? Following these balloons, which you just think, oh, that's kind of harmless, right? But they lead to this thing that's in a kitchen. And, and you're just like, okay, it all seems very harmless. 
until the thing moves <laughs> and you see what's behind the thing and you're just like um okay yeah that's not great that's not great at all and you're kind of wondering and it, it, i think it's just with some of them it's then where your mind takes you right because they're you know it's short stories so we're not seeing everything we're seeing this little snippet some have a more definitive endings than others but some are kind of open-ended so yeah there's this whole thing now about what just happened there or is that just wait what and yeah it's unsettling you know so and some are weirder than others right and i think especially when we get into these phone calls that are coming to um you know rod that's that is very creepy i think the problem with it though is as this whole thing that's now happening with you know rod our radio host it's harder to see right so i i it, yeah i wasn't really able to make all of that out and you do wonder is it childhood trauma or is it something that he did to someone, right? That's the thing that's hard to tell because, yeah, of the darkness and trying to see what's exactly going down. But it's weird. It is definitely weird. Definitely, definitely weird. Um, there's a mermaid story, which, um, yeah, that's also freaky as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really freaky. I, I'm, man, I covered a, a, a mermaid story earlier in the year. I can't for the life of me remember what it was called. It was, an, it was again, a part of an anthology um, series. But, uh, yeah, I think this mermaid one is creepier. Because at first you don't realise it's a mermaid story, right? But then it all becomes this whole thing. And, yeah, it is not pleasant. But I think with it, you kind of feel that, all right, the person had it coming to them. You know, you're down with the mermaid. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're definitely rooting for the mermaid. I mean... One of the last stories of Vicious is, oh, I mean, that one is just insane. Because it's like this home invasion piece. And I think the issue is, it's like, if you come home and your front door is open, you don't go in the house. Like, you do not go in the house. Or if you do, you wait for backup. You know what I mean? You wait for backup. So it's just this whole crazy thing that uses shadow and misdirection to kind of fool you. But then there's this other thing, right? So you're kind of wondering, oh, what's the, what's the piece, right? Because this girl is missing someone. And you're like, oh, is it a flatmate? Is it a partner? 
Is it an old friend? Like, what's the story? But it's just creepy. It is super creepy. And the way it all finishes, you're just like... Now, I I would say that... Because I kind of compare this to Scare Package, right? Which is on Shudder and great. And um, there was another one, which again, I cut for the life of me, the name has escaped me. But I think this is possibly scarier, right? I think this one is, yeah, possibly scarier than the others. I think the the issue with it is <laughs> um, not all the stories are scary, right? Some of the stories, I mean, they're weird. I mean, yeah, all the stories are weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no uh, there's no getting away from that. But yeah, I I would say some stories are scarier than others, um, which is fine because they're all very different. You know, so they all have this different feel. And I like the way, as I said, look, it's all kind of folded together under this guise of a radio show. And the guy telling us stories, which is kind of in the vein of, you know, creep show, tales for the crypt. Um, Yeah, there was one with Terrence Stamp. Oh, gosh. No, name's gone can't think of it, but that was a good one, you know, and another, David Bowie did, you know, he was the kind of curator to another one, and it's like those, you know, it it kind of reminded me of that kind of vibe, which is cool, so it's fun, it's fun, I enjoyed it, well, I mean, I was pretty freaked out, (laughs) I was just freaked out by a lot of it, but it is good, I think it's it's well put together, it's well crafted, the story's very ingenious, so, um, hey, if you like an anthology, you know, something like Scare Package, or the the, uh, Moratory Collection, right, that's also on Shudder, um, yeah, I think this could be for you people, I think you might dig it, so uh, yeah, it's definitely worth a try, it is out on Monday the 21st of December, so on that day, you'll be able to get it on Amazon and Google, and then the following Monday, is it the following Monday, I don't know, the 30th of December, that's when it will hit iTunes, okay, so yeah, you different ways in which you can get it. So Amazon or Google or iTunes, you pick whichever fits you, people. But yes, Monday the twenty-first and the thirtieth, they are dates to remember. So um, yeah, maybe you wanna go and um check out a night of horrors, nightmare, radio. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.
Okay, people, it's that time again. We draw to a close on another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. And there's stuff happening, people. So, uh, Ilana Glazer has a new film coming, right? She's um, gonna be starring in False Positive over at Hulu. You know, she also co-wrote the script. You know, um, John Lee is uh, directing, and um, people are calling it a um, kind of a modern-day Rosemary Baby, right? So it's starring as well Justin Theroux, Pierce Brosnan, Gretchen Mole, Josh Hamilton, and Sophia Bush. So, uh, yeah, it could be interesting um, It looks like Chloe Zaho's will have uh, two films out next year Right, so um, Searchlight has just picked up Nomadland And will be releasing it on the 19th of February uh, next year in North America Um and remember, she's also going to have, later in the year, Eternals for Marvel. So, it's going to be a big year for uh, Chloe, which is all good. There's Nomad's Lad. That's a good film, people. Um, it looks like um, Ben Affleck is um, joining Dan Trachtenberg's uh, Houdini biopic. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, Affleck's going to be playing Houdini himself, right, which, yeah, I don't know, could be interesting, you know, didn't quite work as Batman, so maybe he can be a magician, <laughs> we will see, so, um, it looks like they will be, uh, you know, Mining William Kalash and Larry Schloman's The Secret Life of Houdini For, um, you know, material to be used for the film Alright, so, um, yeah, over at DC um, Yeah, Quintanessa Swindle has been cast as Cylone Cyclone? Cylone? Cy- mm, I don't know. In the uh, Black Adam film, which is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So, um, yeah, I mean, supposedly, I think people are indicating this means that the Justice Society will be in the film. I don't know. I have no clue who the Justice Society is, people. But, um, yeah, there you go. You know, uh, Jean Colette-Sera is um, directing. And um, they're looking to start shooting the film next year. All right, so this is interesting, right? Because in 2000, we had the horrible, just horrible Dungeons & Dragons film. Right, which, you know, Marlon Wayans, Fora Birch, Jeremy Irons, it stunk. Well, um, they're trying it again. Yeah, they are trying it again, people. 
Um, so this will be from Paramount, Hasbro, and E1. But um, yeah, a little bit different this time around. All right. Um, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Uh, they're penning and directing the film, right? Um, and Chris Pine looks to be starring in it, which you know could be interesting. Supposedly, you know, um, it's gonna be a rap about a warrior and his band of mythical creatures. As they embark on a dangerous journey to find a mythical treasure. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, yeah, TriStar and Sony are planning a Whitney Houston biopic called I Want to Dance with Somebody. You know, um, it's going to be directed by Stella Meggie. Right, and um, the uh, Houston estate is behind it all, so that means no no issues with song rights and all of that shenanigans. Um, Anthony McCartan, he's uh, put together the script, and playing um, Miss Houston will be Naomi Aki. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I have to see um, how she does with the uh, tunage, right? Now, this is um, an interesting one, right? So, over at the Disney-owned 20th Century Studios, Seth MacFarlane is uh, bringing back Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to be written by the Lucas Brothers, Keith and Kenny. Um, and they will also be starring in the film, right? Uh, Alex Rubens also helped with the script. Uh, McFarlane and Erica Huggins will be producing. And so, what they're saying is, um, the new film, they're gonna, you know, not include a problematic issues <laughs> because you know there was a rape and sexual abuse and all of that in the uh, you know first film which is insane right how but you know what I mean it, it's like people shouldn't be like oh it's just that because so many films from back in the day included you know rape and sexual assault as as a norm and, it, and it, the crazy thing was it was never like questions in the film it just shit just happened you know but um yeah this new contemporary set reimagining will look into today's nerd culture and ask what even constitutes a geek in the 20th century a pre yeah um so yeah be interesting to see what they do with that I'd imagine if it's a success It will uh, Become a franchise again So uh, yeah I don't know We will uh, We will have to see people We will have to see So um, Shora Amu 
is directing a um a, a, a new film based on Muhammad Ali. Right? So they're using Lee Monteville's book Sting Like a Bee Muhammad Ali V the United States of America. And what they're doing is they're looking at Ali's refusal to join the army in 1967 because he didn't want to go fight in the Vietnam War. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, what I mean, it's dealing with all of that, right? Which, you know, included him changing his name, you know, from Cassius Clay, right? So, um, yeah, you know, the whole draft thing They they put him in prison for five years Fined a $10,000 Banned from boxing for three years Some crazy ass shit You know But, um, yeah Shit got overturned in 71 You know what I mean? But, yeah, so it was It's so crazy that that happened So... You know what I mean? I'm definitely interested to see, um, yeah, how this film comes about, right? So, um, hey, we had uh, Knives Out, you know, last year, which was a big hit. Go and you know, it was a Agatha Christie esque type film. Well, you know, because that made bucks. Yeah, more of that vein is coming. As you would suspect, people. So, um, yeah, winter, winter light pictures and Universal are um, coming together for the maid, right? So, um, it's an adaptation of Nita Prose's novel, and it's going to star Florence Pugh. You know, so um, Pew will be playing a maid called Molly Who works at the Regency Grand Hotel One who tidies up the guest messes and sweeps up their secrets Things take a suspenseful turn when she discovers an infamous wealthy guest Mr Black dead in his bed And sets about to solve the truth surrounding his demise So um, Pew along with Josh McClellan and Chris Goldberg will be also producing the film. So yeah, interesting. So yesterday we talked about, you know, all the new craziness that came out of Disney's investor meeting and how, you know, that would impact TV. So let's look and see what it's gonna do for the film world, right? You know what I mean? They are gonna be investing 14 to 16 billion on content, right? The, and this will all play out to, up to 2024, right? Now, that's not just Disney Plus, that's also including Hulu and ESPN Plus, right? Um, and their slate of original films is going up to around a hundred a year. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. So Disney Plus, uh, they are probably getting 19 billion of that for um, their content, right? Which is, yo, how insane is that, right? 
So they're looking to have about 63 series and 42 films hitting Disney, which is huge, right? So some of those films, well, first of all, let's go to Hulu. So um, Hulu are going to be, um, yeah, they're going to be making some original films on old Fox um, franchises, right? So, yeah, that old Fox library, I mean, you know, it's coming to Disney Plus as their stars, um, you know, section that will be dropping in March, no, February next year, which is, uh, yeah, good to look forward to. But, yeah, you know, we will be seeing... um, some new film content as well now one big story coming out was a buzz lightyear film right it's going to be called lightyear it's still from pixar right um coming out in 2022 right but it's not the uh you know the light year that everyone knows Right, because you know, in Toy Story, you had the toy Buzz Lightyear, right? But this one, this is the you know, the thing that inspired the toy, yeah, it's a little interesting, right? So, um, you know, it's it's meant to be this epic big space story and um yeah chris evans is gonna be voicing the original Lightyear, which um yeah i know i'm intrigued i'm definitely intrigued with that one um so also you know big news from lucas films because um yeah, they are doing another Indiana Jones, a fifth Indiana Jones, people. So James Mangold is going to be directing the piece, and Harrison Ford is returning to the role. Um, and this will be, I believe, his last time donning, donning the hat. Um you know, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall are producing. Steven Spielberg is executive producing as well. The first film he hasn't directed. It is coming out in um, July 2022. I don't know. Be interesting, right? Because, um, I don't know. Harrison got injured playing um, Han Solo doing the Star Wars films. So, I'm like, yeah, I, I suspect that it might not be as stunt heavy as previous ones. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, um, you know, we found out that Jane Foster is coming back for, for Love and Thunder. But uh, Jamie Alexander will also be returning as Lady Sif. Alright, so, um, yeah. I mean, Sif was always a decent character. So, um, that's all good. 
you know, filming starts in January. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's another whacker to take Taiki Watiti film. So, um, you know, I am looking forward to that one. And, um, yeah, you know, some other big news regarding Marvel, right? So, Captain Marvel 2, that has been confirmed for the 11th of November 2022. Nia DaCosta is, um, you know, she's directing it. Larson is obviously coming back as Danvers, right? We've also got uh, Tenoa Paris as um, a Monica Rambui, right? So, um, you know, that character is also supposedly in Wonder and Vision, right? Imana um, Velani. Is gonna be in the film as Miss Marvel, right? So uh, that's pretty big, and it'll be interesting to know if this film will come before the Miss Marvel series. You know, if Miss Marvel spawns out of this, which would be good promotion for the uh, TV show, right? Um. So other stuff, Rachel McAdams will be coming back for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is coming out on the 25th of March, 2022. You know, um, we are getting a third Ant-Man film, right? So Peyton Reed is coming back, and this one is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. So we are also going to have Cassie Lang in the film Played by Catherine Newton And um, Jonathan Majors is going to be playing Kang the Conqueror Uh, But I think the uh, biggest, biggest bit of news Right? When, um, you know, Disney acquired Fox Right? It, It was, you know the big thing of they finally get back Blade, they get back Neymar, they get back the X-Men, and they get back Fantastic Fucking Four, people. And, you know, nothing had been said on that franchise until the other day. We will, yes, people, we will be getting a new Fantastic Four film. And this one is directed by John Watts. Now, after Watts, you know, the work he did on um, Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Hey, how can we not be excited for that, you know? So, um, people, that is us. We are done for another week. Hey, enjoy your film watching, people. Have fun, take it easy, and we will be back next week, Christmas Eve. So, um, yeah, take it easy, people. Enjoy. Peace.